Okay, Keith Dooley, how are you? I'm very good, Dale Holmes. Thank you very much. Good to see you. You too. Jim Dirt, Jump Club, Keith, what do people call you now? Do you know what? I get uh, mainly, mainly Keith, a bit of, but a lot of Jim as well. Right, yeah, people still call you Jim as well. Still call me Jim. Yeah. Where did Jim Dirt come from? Upstairs called me Jim. How did they? Yeah, I don't know why. Who, who came up with that name? Um, well, that's a weird one. That was, uh, so I would have been maybe 13, 14, right into the Jive 5 mm-hmm. and asking for stickers. And it literally was me asking for stickers, putting five pound in an envelope, asking for stickers to be sent back. And I just signed off, uh, Dirt Jump Jim. And then suddenly, <laughs> like <laughs> years later, I'm a little bit sketchy on this, but I think possibly Will used it in a magazine and it kind of just like went from there. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. just a goofy name. Yeah, it's just yeah. Always it's stuck, stuck though, it's isn't stuck. it? So the person upstairs let me in the building here to right. write, he said, you must be Jim Dirt. I'm like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> but it's just a goofy name that stuck. No, no, absolutely. I mean, even uh, the UK's Fuzzy as well, right? Had a bit of that. Yeah, that as well. Had so a bit of that. You had a few good nicknames over the years. <laughs> but Jump Club now at the moment, I mean, it's amazing what you're doing. It inspires me. I'm always looking at everything you do. I love what you do and your different angles, how you're doing it. So maybe before we get into a little bit of the history, which is which is awesome and continues to to, to move forward BMX, what are you doing with Jump Club? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, but Jump Club is kind of, it's very fluid. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no blueprint. Uh, it's just, it's literally a bunch of us. It's not just me, it's a bunch of us just doing whatever, you know, just keeping ourselves excited about BMX, trying to get more people excited about about BMX, you know. I tend to remind myself of those kind of, for me, like the, the late 80s when I was a little bit younger, just hungry for, you know, hungry for BMX, just just excited by it, by it all, slightly militant that it wasn't quite, it was a rad sport, but maybe not quite how we, we wanted it. Yeah. So that's kind of, I think, the sort of driver, that sort of era for Jump Club. Do you know what I mean? But basically... Um, we've got a, a race team, really cool race team, full of characters. You know, we've got some legit racers in there as well. We've got um, young Ollie Kendall, who's won a couple of Euro rounds, a couple mm-hmm. of uh, Papendale recently, but um, Verona last season. We've got Dean Reeves, who's, you know, the legit you know, superclass South region racer. Um, but fundamentally, we've got a bunch of, like, homegrown, just hungry kids, do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and the vibe is very much... Just, you know, just enjoy your racing, jump in a bowl, jump in the trails, just, just ride, you know, just kind of like that sort of vibe. We do events, we got some fun little merch that we do, just anything down to kind of, you know. Yeah, just... yeah. And your son is riding the middle of it and he's like taking after his dad. And, <laughs> he's riding his yeah, dad. Yeah, I mean, even Jesus. watching, you know, his videos and stuff, his little edits he does. And like, it seems like we're talking a little earlier, he's at the point now where, you know, he's so good at racing and he's so good at, you know, Freestyle trails, parks, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a weird, it's, it's, it's lovely for me. I mean, that's why yeah. I started it, to be fair. I mean, it, Jump Club kind of uh, sprung up in about 2014 officially. It was mm-hmm. kind of doing stuff, I was doing stuff before. If you live, you know, if you live in Bexhill or Hastings, you're always involved in a BMX something. Do you know what I mean? There's always yeah. a project or something going on. So Jump Club kind of just evolved very naturally when you're talking about Ike. I've got um, three kids, two boys, and Ike and... Ike's 14 now and Sonny is 10. They both ride. Sonny rides very kind of socially and Ike rides very kind of like, he'll ride every day. He's you know, really kind of up for it. So yeah. it's nice for me in terms of watching kids and listening to the, you know, why kids are into the sport because they're not all hungry for the next Olympics. Some of them are just like using it as kind of fun. So I think with, um, 
with Ike, for example, he, yeah, it's a good example of what we're trying to do in terms of just get kids into all aspects of mm-hmm. of, of the sport. You know, I think we see ourselves as a BMX kind of team or a, you know, collective whatever. Not so much a race team, but just a, a team. So our kids, we've got a bunch of kids that just totally, literally kill kill it in bowls. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so we've got kids that you go to, a, um, you know, most races and we'll hit a, you know, a bowl, a bowl one way there, the way back. And yeah, the kids, that's there's right. kids, you know, there's kids that are making legit finals and they're smashing six foot out of a bowl. Yeah, you know, great. it's so cool. I, I, I buzz. But Especially in today's era as well, you know, where it's yeah. very regimented and serious yeah. and training and coaching and stuff, you it, know. It's lovely for me, but these yeah. kids, we've got a bunch of kids that are way, you know, way, they're, they're like I wanted to be, but mm-hmm. was never quite cool enough to be. I mean, do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we've got, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds on, on S&M bikes and they're just, they, they're just, they've got that, they're naturally kind of just um, doing their own thing on on a bike, um, so yeah, I I look at it. You know, I'm, the thing is that it's getting that balance, isn't it? Of being a, a I'm conscious I'm like a dad coach, you yeah. know, and I don't want to kind of impose myself on all these kids. But what I am keen to do is kind of say, give them some sort of ownership and some skills they can express themselves, and just say, right, you know, it's a very organised sport these days. But this is your sport. Mm-hmm. you know you go off and kind of do it your way this is how tracks look now for example but mm-hmm. you know this is your sport you know I remember being that age when I was kind of 14 15 16 and I you know I was fiercely kind of um def- what you know kind of protective about BMX you know mm-hmm. if I saw someone doing it, a little bit of shit somewhere I'd be like yeah man make it look good you know so mm-hmm. it's kind of giving the, with the kids it's not just about kind of race coaching and rankings and you know it's also about you know um, you know, this is your sport and you can take the sport, you can shape it. It's not just about, you know, routinely going racing and, uh, you know, so it's, there's a lot of that in Jump Club. I can't remember what the question was, Dale, but that's no, so just, of, just anything that's about Jump of. Club and I like it as well. You've got old guys on there as well, you know, yeah, old guys yeah, yeah, our yeah. age and yeah. on the team and repping and... Oh, it's so rad. Know. So last weekend we had yeah. Tony Pittman, right? right? Tony Pittman yes. was my favourite rider last weekend. So we had kids, you know, young impressive kids kids that have got huge potential and going places other kids that are you know like Ollie for example already like he he built he, he built he beat the world champion a couple of weeks ago wow. in, in Papendale I mean the, like That's legit awesome. races mm-hmm. and in the middle of it like you say you've got someone like Tony Pittman who was just like there were some posts about him this was um, a regional race at Andover the other week and Pete that's the other thing with Jump Club Rise I think well I, I know is what I'm very proud of is the fact that they're all characters and very watchable so Tony is a great example last weekend of I don't think he won a lap but he was one of the most talked about people on the track just because right. he was just fun to watch you know and I think we're just trying to give kids some props that um, are just doing a little bit different a bit expressive and just good mm-hmm. fun to watch you know but yeah Tony's a good example of yeah that, no I mean again I was scrolling that. through all the pictures last week I saw a picture of him I think he's in in the pack but he's, he's doing something he's like in the air doing a I yeah, know, so know, that so, picture, he's yeah. like in fifth place. He's right. like, it's not in focus. Right. He's not winning. Yeah. And he's in the air doing some sort of. I mean, it's legitimately, he's legitimately fast, Tony, but he's yeah. in the air doing some sort of table. Right. And uh, everyone's talking about the guy in fifth place who's blurry on the camera yes. doing a table. Yeah, you know? yeah, it caught my eye, you know. Yeah, and it's, so. that's, that's the vibe. Um, the other nice thing about Jump Club is that we kind of. We don't tend to ask people to ride for us, they sort of gravitate towards us. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all very like minded people and parents, and we've lucked out on the fact that. You know, it's a bunch of like-minded people, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, so we it's you know, although we got a we got about probably fifty 
something like 50 kids, 60 kids, no, probably about 50 kids on our books mm-hmm. that come to our coaching around Bexhill. Yeah. Um, but we've got a lot more around the um, sort of country and even abroad who based in New Jersey and, and they've all got the same mindset, similar mm-hmm. mindset, you know. And, you know, what I like about Jump Club is, is um, like I said, I think it's important not to just teach these kids kind of, you know, coaching, uh, training, uh, racing techniques and uh, skills and stuff. That is important. But it's also about, let's just step back here and just think about, you know, having fun, you know, road trips and just having mm-hmm. fun with this. You know, ride hard mm-hmm. and, and go for it. But let's just not forget about, you know, that social kind of legitimate Absolutely. Function. Say I'm motivated right now. I'm already looking what to do with my team and stuff for next year. And I'm totally honing in on what you're well, doing and paying attention and seeing how you do it with different bikes and brands and sponsors. Yeah. And obviously Source BMX is a big so, yeah. back backers of you guys. And I was telling some of the guys, you know, on our squad back in there that your history with, you know, Rich and... Um, you know, goes back to when they yeah. were little kids, right? You know, yeah, so yeah. it's great well, that you the, guys. Yeah, it's it's lovely for me. It's a pet project, Jump Club, and there's people like the Moore Brothers involved, who I've known since they were nippers, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and they help shape what I do. It's nothing better than sitting down with um, you know Mark and Rich, and they'll say, you know, they'll kind of pull me up on a few things, or and they say, why don't you try this? And mm-hmm. so it's nice. Ian's the same with Four Down. I got mm-hmm. I'm really really lucky to have um, I can sit down with Ian sort of once a week and just mm-hmm. go, just talk shit, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and it's nice because it keeps me in check um, with what we're doing. It just keeps it very honest, you mm-hmm. know? So the, if you looked at the, the plan was with the, the race jersey, for example, was to have a jersey that um, sort of reflect, like reflects what we're about a little bit. So rather than having the local garage on there and um, I, I don't know, just brands that we're not really into, mm-hmm. it's all like, friends that we that um you know help me out a lot um like i say help kind of shape things and it's it's just teaching the kids about i don't really care what bike you ride but have a think about you know have a think about supporting the brands that support the sport mm-hmm. winds me up when i see lots of uh particularly kind of pro riders or, or riders who when they go out in the evenings at a national, you wouldn't know they're a BMXer. Whereas in our era, mm-hmm. you yeah, you would wear the t-shirt, mm-hmm. whatever frame you were riding, you'd have mm-hmm. a t-shirt on, or you'd have you know, yeah. be, you'd be a BMXer, right? Yes, you'd definitely be in BMX shoes. Mm-hmm. I remember going to um, do my coaching qualification with British Cycling, walking into the room, and one not being, you know, not being completely comfortable with coaching BMX because I come from an era where you yes. didn't do that. So no. I think you've got to respect the lifestyle part of coaching when you. It's not just about, you know, the kind of the hardcore kind of race coaching. Mm-hmm. But walking into the um, into the training room, and I think I won't mention names because some really good friends of mine that have taken the course mm-hmm. and they and they did a really good job and they convinced me that actually you can get coaching more structured. Yeah, and it's still kind of like still you know still um you keep the soul of the sport kind of thing. Yeah, but I walked in there. Everyone's in Adidas. The staff were in Adidas tracksuits. No one's wearing Etnies or Vans or right. you know. And I'm, and I'm like. Wow, you know, yeah. BMX has um, mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of digress there, but with Jump Club, it's very much saying to the kids, you know, um, when S&M, Ian and I talked about, you know, linking up with S&M, you know, for a few years, and we're like, well, we're kind of, we're not just grassroots, but we're, a lot of our kids are just starting up and they probably don't, they're not like a, like a you know, like an obvious kind of S&M uh, Rider, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, eight-year-old eight Johnny who's just started racing for the first year. Yeah. Doesn't want a, 
you know, a, a panther, do you know what I mean? Right. But then a couple of years on, we turned down a couple of offers from a couple of other companies and um, it didn't quite feel right. And then S&M, we just thought, no, do you know what? We, this just suits what we're doing. It's mm-hmm. just literally riding for fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our kids ride everything, so S&M do everything in terms of, you know, bikes for trails and parks and racing. So yeah. it just, just feels good. Bicycle Union are involved as well. We just brought our top tube pad. I saw that, Union, yes, yes, yes. Which we're stoked yes, about. Yes. And it's the, that's a nice thing because it's like, I know it's nothing new there at all. I mean, I'm looking at some of Tom's, Tom's old bikes here with, um, you know, pads all over them. But um, for the modern day racers, it's just, a, you know, the s a, a weird little top tube pad from Bicycle Union, Jump Club. It's just like, you know, don't take, take ourselves too seriously here. Have a bit mm-hmm. of fun with this, you know. But the, yeah, so we're, um, Etnies are helping us out as well. That's through, uh, through Ian. And um, these are all brands. I think the same guys that started up Etnies still, you know, still own Etnies. So it's just like a, yeah. it's just a nice story where well, everyone's kind of still like, out there in the US doing that. Yeah. So it's mm. everything, it's like working with our friends. It's all very organic and very kind of honest and, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of makes. I love it. It's, there's no plan. Yeah, it just yeah. makes kind of kind of makes sense. Yeah, you really <laughs> wish more people would. Yeah, what you just said, especially you know, like saying with the way racing is now, but you can still kind of mingle some of that stuff in. Yeah. And uh, remember the the heritage, the culture, and that needs not not to be forgotten. And like say, I think you're doing an yeah. amazing job at that. Well, I think there's if I can just add, I think the UK because we were talking before the interview about some of the opportunity, well, the opportunities for BMX racers now, mm-hmm. it's all, there's very organized pathways, rider pathways. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make it to the top, there's at least on paper, there's a, there's a pathway, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think we're very good at, at grabbing a six year old and saying, you know, if you're interested in this, here's your, here's your pathway. Mm-hmm. But we I don't think we're quite as good at looking at, um, like retent, like dropouts, retention rates. So yes. you still have this. I haven't seen any facts on this, but I'm guessing there's definitely a massive dropout at kind of 14, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Races start to drop out of BMX. Um, and I, I don't think we've really, I think we expect that to happen. And I, I think we've got some ideas with, with uh, building a new track at Bex Hill. And some of the ideas there with a, a jump park that we bring in next to the racetrack is really driven by how do we keep these older kids um, in the sport and yeah. I think the problem is when you're very focused on you know the Olympic dream is brilliant we've got that you know that's kind of ground into our kids you know look at Kai and Beth you, mm-hmm. you, you can do this you know mm-hmm. um, and the pathway's all there we're very good at developing skill we're less good I think at kind of you know like prioritising that sounds really silly but like fun you know particularly mm-hmm. those those younger kids and if Olympics isn't your dream at 14, 15, then maybe you've tried, but you're falling short, you haven't been selected as part of this pathway stuff. The message is very much, can be kind of very much amongst these kids. Well, I've kind of, I haven't been selected for the regional team, national team, so I might as well, you know, do I, what do I do now? You yeah. know? So I think we need to pick up on why the older kids drop out, what you know, listen to these kids and, and kind of work out what, how do we keep them racing? How do we keep them involved in the sport? You know, because... Like I say, if you're choosing a slightly different, more social, and I, you know, if I play football, I'm playing five-a-side social football. If I'm playing a sport, I'm playing it socially. Mm-hmm. But with BMX racing, for the teenagers, there's not really that kind of option. There is when you get older in vets, it comes alive again. You get all these vet cruiser rides coming. Yeah, out. yeah, no. But I've noticed there's a lot of kids tailing off numbers in the 15, 16s, mm-hmm. and, and um, 
yeah, so we need to make sure, I think, as a sport in this country, that that rider pathway includes something just as structured for those kids that are at risk of dropping out. Yeah. They got deep, didn't they? No, I, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think what you said, you hit on the word fun, keeping it fun, you know. And you mm. see some of the, these elite riders when, like say, they don't make the national team or they didn't quite make the Olympics. I mean, I've just... I don't know exactly why all these riders quit after this last Olympic cycle in other countries. It seemed like a lot of, a lot of guys seem to retire. I don't know because there's not much option for them guys after or they're just so burnt out with the, the whole Olympic thing. But if there is something else for these guys, because they, they, it'd be nice if there was, they could still make money, they could still race, they could go into other avenues of the sport. But you see, you know, you, every, every few years, you see these riders just disappearing or just say, I'm done now, didn't get what I wanted or mm. I'm retired. And it's sad really, yeah. because like I say, they've still yeah. got a lot to offer and they're still, it's, yeah, yeah, still fairly young, a lot of yeah, these guys. Yeah, it's really, uh, I, I mean, we get fobbed off as being the fun guys sometimes. Mm. And, um, and we get, we get, I'm a race dad. I, I get over serious a lot. I have to pull my, Zoe will pull me back and say, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, of course, I'm going to go with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of like as a sport, you know, and I, I've done this as well, you can start your kid racing at six. So, you know, we're all ex racers. We're dead keen to get our kids on the racetrack. Um, and they'll race, you know, I've done it with, with Ike. You know, and there's kids doing it now where you race at you know, six years of age, seven years of age, eight years of age. There's a summer season, a winter season, there's no off season. Um, you know, it's back to back to back racing. And you see the odd kind of Facebook post from a parent that says, you know, my little Johnny um, is decided to, to retire at the age of 12 because they're, I mean, I don't use this word, but they're burnt out, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they might have been a young British champion at eight and nine or something. and maybe not getting that result with 12 and suddenly they, they disappear. Yeah. And um, I think uh, in terms of like coaching textbooks and stuff, specializing crazy young, having no off season is not really a healthy place to be, but we do it all the time. I've done it you know, we, with my kids. We, we do it all the time in BX. So I think it makes it even more important. Um, the other thing is Dale, is that when we were right, when we were riding, I was never, I don't think I was ever coached. You know, it's all, driven by me it, every session was kind of me wanting you know it was like a free a free session you would do whatever you want mm-hmm. my dad I wouldn't see my dad until race day you know you know what I mean mm-hmm. was these days from a very young age we you know we get our kids most of their time on a bike is being coached is structured is a, there's an adult supervising them there's some great coaches out there brilliant coaches but the point is the, the, the kids a lot of these kids all of their riding time is with an adult. They're being coached. They're being driven somewhere by their parent on the way to the coaching session. They're driven home. You know, how was the session? Um, what did the coach say? You, you know, let's just work on this when we get home. It's all kind of, it's nonstop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, we're chucking in sprints and stuff. I think, you know, then they're, then they're racing all year round. So it's a lot for it. We've put a lot on those kids. And I, I think um, we need, need to relook a little bit at, um, you know, just how intense it is at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Still ride hard. I mean, we do get the fobbed off a little bit as being like the fun guys, like I was saying. But I, I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna have a lifelong love for BMX, if you're gonna make it to the top, if your ambition as a kid is to make it to the top, it's all got to be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Even the pros you mentioned earlier, they need to have. There's got to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, they're grinding, but um, you know, and I just think we need to be get better at kind of almost like. Because these kids will have racing diaries, these coaching and training diaries at young ages. They need to kind of almost like 
scribble in there a mm. few genuinely fun things to do. Yes. No, for longevity, you know, I think that's why you, me, we, we stuck around forever. We balanced that having fun and when to be serious. And I know, yeah. you know, you always kept, you was king of dirt, you was racing, you was European finals, winning national titles, you know, and magazines. I mean, you really kind of did it all. And I think that probably helped you mm. why you're still sitting here today involved, you know? Yeah, so, I no. think um, Hastings has always had a really strong, I mean, when Backyard Skates shop, were out, I don't know what year that came, I was trying to work it out on the train on the way out, what year Stu started Backyard Skates in the late 80s somewhere. You know, particularly then, before then, but particularly then, Hastings had a really strong freestyle, you know, it kind of become the hub of mm-hmm. of BMX in the UK quite quickly when seven, Backyard Skates became 70s. You know, you chuck in four down and stuff later on. And I think when I was in the kind of that six, you know, 15, 16, 17 age, and I'm racing, and I used to love still to this day love adore racing you mm-hmm. know but when you live in a town where it's a freestyle town obviously Bexhill track was you know five miles away from Hastings mm-hmm. um, you kind of you know that's part of your uh, that's part of your BMX kind of psyche so yeah. you see BMX as, as BMX not as different disciplines in a, in a way and I think the king of for me uh, the king of dirt series kind of saved me really because um, it helped me to kind of you know the the kind of the freestyle scene at that at, at that stage in the late eighties was really exciting, really exciting brands coming out, mm-hmm. uh, magazines were kind of swaying that way, um, and it was you know, you know suddenly your parents weren't around, you know it's crazy expressive and creative and all that kind of stuff. So the King of Dirt stuff kind of let us, um, you know, have that kind of element where you could be you know just throw your you know get your freestyle hat on and just yeah be a bit disruptive and just do something outside the box a little bit and then you would you know put your help you know then you'd change your bike over and go and race a final so it kind of kept me sane I think I'm not sure I would have I think I would have kept racing but it made it a lot more exciting yeah I mean you would literally you know that we still see photos and videos every feels like every few weeks you see something from that event the the European Championships at Slough I mean you're <laughs> battling for the King of Dirt win and then 30 minutes later, you're on the gate for the 17 and over yeah. final, right? You know, yeah, yeah, so yeah. just how different it is to now, you know. So mm. let's uh, let's take a step back. When did you find BMX? How did you get into it? You know, the scene and stuff in um, those early days. I remember not having a BMX and there was BMXs around me. So I couldn't tell you what year it was, but we petitioned for Bexhill Track in 83. Up, um, and then we got the track in 84, built mm-hmm. by a couple of youth workers and parents and us lot. First race was in 84. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then 85, you know, region nine and regionals and that, that kind of thing. So, so you was in the age group below me, so you would, you probably, Nicky Restle was probably the yeah. first big guy you came up with, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Guys like that. How yeah. was that? Um, well, I remember kind of, I remember going, I, remember, I don't know what year this would have been, but we moved up to the London seat, to London region at some stage, because Bexhill had tracks around it, Shore Southeast, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then within a year, we kind of outgrew it a little bit. So mm-hmm. we jumped across to Region 9, I think it was at the time, kind of moved across to kind of to the Hawks, if I remember, as my official, official, my official club. Yeah. And then just kind of just soaking in those riders, mm-hmm. you know. You just mentioned Bobby Hyde and Paul Roberts and Keith Joseph and Winnie. Joe Eastwood, Jamie Staff. Do you know what I mean? All yeah, those yeah, riders. Yeah. Coming from a little town in Bexhill before the internet and stuff, yeah, you know, you you could go to a race like Hot Wheels were there and stuff, so you would, 
you know, you'd literally, your eyes were wide open because you would be buying stuff from the shop that you couldn't buy. I mean, you could get it online. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, on the mail order and stuff, but you couldn't see it. And then from little old Sleepy Bexhill, you know, you're, you're now amongst kind of London's finest. Mm-hmm. And they're not just the finest riders, but the finest characters. Right, yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it was a massive, it, massive influence. And then the Nationals... You know, suddenly I'm meet, I'm watching you and Dylan, and you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, in terms of like the jump club thing, you know, the road trips, getting the kids out there to have those experiences where they meet, you know, mm-hmm. just different runs in different areas is, is what's all about, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Where did you start to see success? Like again, I I think I clicked into you when it was eighty six, eighty seven. You were starting to be a national top guy, right? 86, 87? Yeah, I don't know, 86, 87, 88, yeah. something like that. I was yeah. still, I, I think at that time, that, and that was, I found that time really exciting. Yes. Yeah. I was, we were racing, but the dirt jumping was coming right. on strong, so we were just lapping up. Um, you know, we'd go to Hounslow and watch Martin Parker jump off the berm. Right. We would, um, you know, we'd watch Dina Deals. Yeah. But more, I remember being mesmerized. I've got the pictures still, of from a you know the old school camera of Dean, one of them's a step through X up, one of them's a step through one hander, right? Yeah, one of them's a no foot. I remember all the pictures, yeah, of Dean. Um, so the we were soaking up not just these mad, fast, crazy, you know, cool races from region nine, but we were soaking up these dirt jumpers as well. And then we had the magazines with you know the test riders in particular, so your Rich Bartlett's and your Mad Dog and. Brian Hernandez and all these kind of, you know, these kind of Dave Cully, you know, yeah. early days. Um, and that was a massive influence on us as well. So we saw ourselves as as racers, but when the magazines came out, we would copy every trick in that magazine. Right. And we wouldn't stop until we had those tricks. And obviously it was a bit easy in those days because people weren't doing like mm-hmm. flip whips and stuff. But um, so uh, there was a nice era there where we felt like kind of we were unknown and a bit underdog kind of vibe and that we were doing stuff dirt jump wise that it was better than the guys in the UK magazines better than a lot of the guys in the UK magazines so we had this kind of quite it was a nice era where we felt kind of like you know you're kind of like hustling and you're trying to you yeah know, like, yeah you know. so when we used to go to a race we would um this is Dave Bishop and Ricky and me and other guys from Bexhill, you know, we would be there to race, mm-hmm. but we'd also be there for the after race bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, um, I think Ben Beasley's dad was the guy that picked me up for Mongoose. That wasn't until, I'm not sure, 89 maybe, mm-hmm. something like that. 88 maybe, something like that. And um, um, that's when I thought I better, I didn't feel any pressure at all for racing, but that's when I thought I'd better sharpen up some of the racing stuff here. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, um, you know, if I made a national final, I was happy, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so I only ever won one 20 inch national, bit of a cruiser guy, but um, my focus was kind of, well, yeah, mad racing. I was kind of hungry for it, yeah. but I wasn't trying, I was training, I was just riding, I wasn't, I was just riding, not training. So yeah, yeah. The King of Dirt was kind of in my eye for, I think 91, 92, 93, I think were the years that I won UK King of Dirt. They're, they're the years that, you know, I kind of focus a lot on that as much as the racing. How long was you on Mongoose for? Like I said, you was one of the guys that was featured a lot in the magazines, you know, covers, you know, yeah. you had, you was in the Vans ad. It seemed like you had a lot of cool sponsors that 
yeah. a lot of the top pros might, you know, seem like they're better sponsors than me, you know, because she was doing yeah. all, a little bit of it, like I said, a little bit of everything. I still agree for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when did that kind of, you know, think, start, um, start late I think 80s? Mongoose was yeah. 89, so I had, um, that was through Hot Wheels, and then back at home, we had 70s, uh, uh, backyard skates. Yeah. I would have been 70s by then. So, um, Stu found me the deal with Vans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think there's one other racer on Vans at the time. And I think it might have been through New Deal, the mm-hmm. skate skate side things rather than BMX. And yeah. then after that, fans moved to like a family. I can't remember what they were called. But I used to speak to a woman called Julie. And I got the understanding that this was, I don't know what year this was, like 89 or something, that the va- all the vans were stored in their kind of garage or in at their home, you know, yeah. little kind of unit at their home. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many vans they sell these days, but in those days, you could kind of fit more into one wow. person's house. This garage. Yeah. I might have that wrong, but that's what I thought was going on. Yeah. So Vans used to sort me out, and then um, we had remember Two B. Yes, I yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah so Two yes, B. Yes. So they would visit Stu. Yeah. You know, we'd all we got a couple just... of shirts and then the first show we yeah. to America. Yeah, yeah. Reynolds yeah. and Barry McManus and yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah so good and deck. So it's nice for me in terms yeah. of like we weren't trying to get deals, but yeah. you would the way it worked in Hastings and Bexhill was in a week. Maybe when other guys were training in doing sprints and car parks and yeah. stuff, we were literally, it was really quite a naive, um, is that the right word? Kind of a really kind of nice time for BMX where we would just hang out together. There'd be, mm-hmm. Stu was like more of a vert rider. Stu Dawkins is his mm-hmm. at the time. And then Ian was into street. Ian was a street kind of, you know, pioneer. And then we were racers just hanging out with, naturally, no questions asked, just naturally hanging out with these guys. So we would jump in the backyard van and go to Rom or Leon C or whatever. And then Ian Stu would come to a race, watch us race. And then, you know, we would all session Bexhill track or Sidley, like all of us, or Sidley yeah. Woods or the blue vert ramp at Hayes at the time. And and it wasn't a weird thing that all these eclectic and skaters, you know, Dan Brown and those boys, we had, um, we used to work for Backyard Skates. But they, I mean, they, was, they would jump in the van with us and, Mm-hmm. so the influences were kind of quite looking yeah, back yeah. Were kind of everywhere um, yeah yeah and absolutely and Jive as well right he's a Jive, Jive guy yeah so Jive hooked me up for a little bit yeah love Jive I think that's more because I pestered them rather than anything and then Ron Bonner met Ron Bonner yeah some British you really teams. have had all the cool sponsors yeah, yeah, it's cool, yeah, you yeah. continue to now. Now you yeah. are the team everybody wants to be on, you know? Yeah, so. the, jump, the Jump Club jersey. It's, yeah. it's such a cool... I'm oh, so it's absolutely. Daryl did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the logo's on it. It's just yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's Love all it. happened naturally. There's been no kind of... No. You know, begging emails. It's just like literally, you know, friends mm. hooking up friends. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like I say, the hub, the industry, and you guys are all just everyone's... The like, yeah. whole world is happening down there in your town, you know? and. Yeah. I think it took. I, Do you I, know what, Dale? It, yeah. Jump Club feels so disorganised to mm. me. You make it sound like it's <laughs> it's like it's like it is. Well, but it is cool. Well, it's I mean, every time I'm not only starting to look at pictures now. You know, when I start scrolling like Monday, Tuesday, I like to see what's going on in England and stuff. And like, I'm seeing like two or three riders in a picture. Jump Club. You know, yeah, three, yeah, two yeah. or three guys. Oh, you, you know, go to in, a race in the south. Yeah. Or you if you're looking for num like your notice Peckham, right. your notice Jump Club. Right. You know, the other clubs don't. I don't know how. It wasn't planned, but all the jump club kids wear jump club jerseys. Yeah. And I think um, most other kids ride for smaller teams. You know, there might be five kids in that team, might be 10 kids in that team, or mm-hmm. two on that team. We got like, on a good day, a race, we got 25, 30 kids showing up. Yeah, that's awesome, know. yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, we got it all mixed bag, you know, vets, you know, young, the next big things, 
you know, guys like Dean and Ollie, you know. Yeah. But, um, but we are kings of the after party. I mean, we uh, if there's a if once a race and stops, right? Then there'll be a bunch of jump club kids in the middle of summer. I think that I don't know. Just I've only been here a couple of weeks, but like I went to a local race in Nottingham yesterday, mm-hmm. and after the race, everyone's like, "Hey, let's go to the pub," you know. <laughs> so like we went to the pub with our little group. The the we are rad guys were, yeah, were in yeah. town so he's like we go to the pub Geffords there came out so we all went to have some pub food after and we went in there but the, all the people from the race there all the groups and then all the the club that run the race they came in so it's like that was cool I remember that kind of mm. you know like 90s nationals you know like yeah. say if it was at Peterborough everybody be in that pub there and yeah. uh, you know it seems like I love that and I, you totally forget about that living in the there, States because it's not like that you know yeah I mean BMX, BMX racing is I think it is like hands down the best sport mm-hmm. it, you know my kids are into it because I think it's it's brilliant do you know what I mean yeah uh, um, it could be I think it could be radder do you know what I mean it yeah. could do stuff to make it even better yeah but the people in it are brilliant I yeah mean, in the south region I don't want to come across as knocking anything anyone who's do, put themselves out to do something I mean Martin Baxter runs the south region where we tend to spend most of our time in the south region we're not, mm-hmm. not doing nationals we'll be in our region and our region is sort of London Kent Sussex and then right down to Andover Bournemouth down that way mm-hmm. so Martin Baxter remember that name yeah I know Martin yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, big he, daddy he, oh, yeah. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> he runs the show there there's a bunch of other guys of course a lot of other guys that help out I've got total respect for the, for those guys Yeah. and I walk around a track these days and although people aren't maybe like minded in terms of you know the, the freestyle influence they're all really cool people mm-hmm. there's very few even the race dads who were like militant race dads, you know, and I thought into that sometimes, like the gearings and carbon, this carbon. Yeah, that. yeah. You know, you talk to them in the pub, they're, they're, they're cool. People that tend to, grad, um, you know, get into BMX racing, uh, you know, in general, are, mm-hmm. are cool people. Yeah, it's, no, it's absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, friend, friend, friendly family, you know, that, uh, mm. yeah, I think that's why we all want to be, we're still part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, after Mongoose, Redline, right? Redline for a week. Oh, for a week? What happened there? <laughs> well, I just got a bit bored and uh, Hot Wheels said, this change, this change you up. And I remember, I remember, yeah, we, I did Redline for a week and then just thought, what am I doing? You know, this this is like, I didn't want to be a guy that jumped from sponsor to sponsor. I wanted to be a guy that stayed with one sponsor for like for a long time. Yeah. Uh, um, and Mongoose was brilliant. It's just a Hot Wheels deal. And then GT, I don't know what the years were, Dale. GT. GT was 93, 94, because that's when we kind of merged it. Yeah, so the few Clive was involved. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, Clive sorted me out. Um, eventually, with Mongoose, was hooking me up. I remember that European King of Dirt thing. I remember he negotiated for me uh, a box of Oakley Owen grips. For, <laughs> and uh, he's like, if you make the main on the 20 inch and um, you get top three in King of Dirt, something like that. Um, uh, Russell's agreed to give you like like a bunch of tyres and a box of Oakley O-Wings right, <laughs> and that's right. What, that was what I got for uh, <laughs> but then it moved on to um, the GT deal in what was it 93 it would have been 93, 94 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so the Fuela came out so I think the Fuela came out as I went on it yeah so that was kind of weird when you think about it because I'd gone from the solution Mongoose solution one bike does it all era mm-hmm. so suddenly you've now got um, you go racing so I used to use Cruiser because I was never guaranteed to make a 20-inch main. So, right. you know, Cruiser man. So you got a GT Cruiser, GT Fueler, GT 20-inch race bike. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're taking like <laughs> a carload of yes. you know, bikes to a race. But um, GT was awesome because yeah. they, they, suddenly you're getting your expenses covered. And 
you that know? was a good little funded UK yeah. team at the time. You yeah, know, yeah. remember we got the nice jackets and stuff, yeah. and there was a, a team van and stuff. Yeah. You know, then they had the freestyle team as well with Tabron and yeah, and Mozza was on there. Yeah, yeah. was on there, and Stu was involved, I think, at some stage. Mm-hmm. So that gave me the like that was a dream come true in terms of Clive saying, you know, because you know Clive was saying there's a let's take you across to GT, I'm going to ride for GT. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go where my friends were, basically. Yeah. And suddenly, Ian Morris is on GT and John Taylor, and um, oh, I can't think of who out. And then there's you guys on the race side, and I was like, mm. this is this is wicked. You know, yeah, suddenly yeah. Get, all these bikes are turning up, and mm-hmm. for the era, um, I don't think you could ever beat that kind of no. early 80s era, but we were doing all right for like... It was know, pretty factory, yeah, yeah, yeah. for, for uh, a British but, team, you know. I, mean, I remember they were covering a, a bit of expenses, and I remember... I can't remember the guy's name phoning me and saying you're not claiming for expenses you need to put in some more receipts because it so it was a really good deal but I remember being so focused on just racing and yeah yeah do you know what I mean and riding stuff but um yeah that's good to it took the edge off you know it, it was all kind of there for you yeah I never felt quite um don't regret it and the what the reason I did the mongoose thing and the GT th- thing was because all my friends were doing it so mm-hmm. mongoose was. Chico was on there and Mike Bags and yeah. Ben and stuff and then Clive joined Mon- Mongoose so it's like it just felt natural yeah yeah GT felt natural but in terms of like the brand you know the brand of bikes um, you know we'll jump close with S&M now which always kind of I always regretted not kind of um, not really following uh, you know my kind of sort of where my kind of heart was at do you know what I mean yeah which is why when I watch my boy and I know I've kind of persuaded him a bit with the SM thing, mm. <laughs> but um, he adores it. And it's so cool to see um, a kid, you know, he's, he's been riding SM since uh, race bike since he was 12. Yeah. 12, 13, 14. He's had a complete Chrome Wally setup, you know, all those years racing against kids that are on carbon. And it's just, it kind of warms the heart a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It's, yes. I've always regretted not, not, I loved Mongoose and GT thing at the time, but I've always kind of not regretted kind of being a bit more, yeah. kind of following my heart a little bit there. Yeah, you know? sometimes you, you have to move over and change, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard sometimes. I, I, I'm the same. I, I always try to stay on the same brands, but like for me, sometimes it's just flat yeah. out been impossible. You know, your yeah. time's up, or for me, it was time's up on certain brands and stuff, but I always, yeah, I, I would have always loved to stay on the same few, but yeah. BMX is such a small sport and... Everyone's fighting for the same crumbs yeah. almost, you, get other, you know. You get other chapters. I mean, you had yeah. your GT chapter, the yeah. horror thing. Mm. You know, I, I, I see with my BMX thing, you know, I was a Vans man back yeah. in the day. I wouldn't wear anything else but Etnies now. Do you know what I mean? So right. it's like, it's still me. I'm still, yeah. I'm still being me. Yeah. It's just this kind of different chapter. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially, I say, when, when you've been in it three or four decades like we have now, you've yeah. got to kind of, <laughs> just got to have chapters, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, obviously the Backyard Jam, huge yeah. history, heritage. You're in the videos, again, like videos still pop up with yeah. you in there and stuff, the chasm. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, some of your good memories from that? Um, McCoy and Fuzzy coming over for a couple of weeks, staying in my house. Mm-hmm. Was really good. Yeah. You know? quite di- similar but different characters those two and yeah. just having like breakfast and dinner with DMC and stuff coming downstairs and Dennis is chatting to your, your dad about right. whatever it's just weird it's weird weirdly nice yeah you know? yeah backyard jams have always been a really nice thing where you, I'd, I've always worked I've worked a lot in Hastings over the years and you'd walk out my lunch break and you would walk into I don't know Double H Smith's you know and you'd see you'd see, you know, Taj or, right. you know, some iconic American, you know, Joe Rich in 
Sainsbury's or something yeah, during, yeah. during those couple of weeks where people were in town, you know? And um, they're always kind of like, that was always pretty cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like that again now with the Battle Hastings with the Source Park. Yeah, and just watch You're walking stuff, around yeah. town and you, know, you just see like these icons of BMX. Yeah. Just like, is that Matt Hoffman over there? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the backyard jams were really cool when obviously uh, the years I most kind of resonate and passionate about would be the ones that were hosted at the, back, at the Bexel track. Yeah. So those real early chasm days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got all your heroes coming to your BMX, your shitty little BMX track. Right. You know, Mad Dog and, um, 80, what was he, 93? I get mixed up. Climber, 94. Um, you know, uh, Taj. And you have the homegrown guys like Mike Cannon and Fids and... I mean, the list is endless, right, of who came to those back... You, you boys... At yeah, Indre. I came a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indre, 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 the chasm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> LRP boys were down. Yeah. Um, the other day I was chatting to John Dye, right, about... Mm-hmm. This is where I think it, Hastings has this weird kind of... Um, kind of merging of, like, you know, BMX. About... Um, he posted something of, of a rider. It was Errol. It was Errol McLean. Yeah. Um, and it was at Rommel somewhere. And I'm like... I, I said to John, oh, that's Errol. He's a racer guy. And John's like, I, I had no, it's such an iconic picture, but I didn't know who it was. I'm yeah. like, he's like a legendary, yeah. not just, you know, London skate park scene, but yeah. also a oh, racer. Yeah. So Errol, I don't even remember Errol at the Backyard Jams, but he tanked no. it down. He t- I think it was a mad dog. Yeah, he tanked it down that run up. It's like a really shaky, shady run up. Right. Four, I mean, he was a big guy, powerful guy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Sends it down his down the towards the chasm well, I think his chain broke or something oh. at the base at the, at the oh. foot of the takeoff mm-hmm. so you got like I don't know 17 stone of muscle just hitting the floor you, you know just collapsing I had no idea Errol yeah, was there yeah, yeah unless I've dreamed now I'm sure yeah, yeah. so just um, it's just not it used to be dudes in race you know mm-hmm. uh, race jerseys and dudes like you know Hoffman and Mad Nick, Nick Cox who was Nick uh, Cox uh, uh, was Rowan Rat yeah, Rowan yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's, it was uh, yeah. it was just, you know, you go to the crypt in the evening. I mean, you've been there yourself. Yeah. It was just... Um, That's where just... I met Rob Warner at the lip of... Or the, or during the chasm session, oh, really? I met Rob Warner there. I didn't and know that's, he was there. Yeah, no, I was like, because I'd followed mountain bikes. and oh, there's Rob Warner. I'm going to go talk to him. And that's where I first, yeah, met him, you know. So it was the, like um, all kinds of people there. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the, and they were really, you know, the backyard jams. And I think, again, that's like a massive influence on, I mean... Jump clubs, nothing like the backyard jams, but it kind of influences it because the backyard jams were very, what's the word, um, kind of very honest and genuine where they came from. Because um, you know, even the way the jumps were made, for example, that that um, first year, which I think was actually the second backyard jam, the first one at our track, the fuzzy year, that takeoff was just, um, you know, we'd get we'd get deliveries for the track. They would, they would you know, leave a few ton of top surface or soil, uh, um, dirt, you know, mm-hmm. on the lorry. We, and we would like, we would naturally shape a lip off it. You know what I mean? And that became the chasm. Um, you know, we were still building jumps the day of the jam. The Mad Dog one was such a shitty uh, takeoff. Yeah. You know, there's no thought one into the takeoff. We got <laughs> so excited about who was coming and, <laughs> and riding. <laughs> and forget to actually build a nice jump. <laughs> so, but it made it kind of, those jumps were so bad, but kind of iconic. Yeah. And I think the fact that, you know, I'm sure Mad Dog's, you know, nailed no-handers for, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens, but that mm-hmm. picture already crashes no-hander. 
with that Evil Knievel speech, for example. Yeah. That, that wouldn't have happened without our super shitty tone <laughs> which sent you a different way every time, you know? Yeah. But um, it was very innocent, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. one, of the, uh, one year where there was no first aider, but Tom Lynch was in, was, you know, yeah. there. So yeah. suddenly Tom's the first aider. The paramedic, yeah. So my, my mum, I think someone else told a story, but my mum, there was one year when Boyley um, and my friend Darren broke their, you know, I think they both broke their ankles, funny enough. Yeah. And my mum took the, was in the ambulance with them going to the Conquest, which is Hastings Hospital. And, um, you know, so she's at the hospital before mobile phones. And, you know, the 15th guy gets brought in, you know, with the, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're like, what the, what's yeah, going yeah, on in yeah. Bexhill today? So you get like these, you, <laughs> so you're there kind of riding, and then that night you're at the crypt, you mm-hmm. know, I remember one of my highlights is, is Joe Rich buying me a pint. Right. And he knew who I was. I was like, fuck. And then the next day, you're, you know, whatever. And then the following day, you, you know, I'm going home to meet mum and that. And she's like, you had no idea what I was going through on Saturday afternoon. You know, I was at the conquest and all this was happening. And so there's all these stories were coming out yeah, yeah. days after. Mm-hmm. And one of my favourite ones is, um, is Tar- I remember Taj saying to me, again, it's a bit murky, but I'm pretty sure this happened. He says to me, we're at the top of the chasm on the football pitch and the run up and he says to me how fast have you got to go so I'm a racer right and yeah. I'm going I'm going flat out right. I said Taj just go flat out for it right <laughs> I had no idea how yeah. fast Taj was right. <laughs> I didn't race but he completely cleared that chasm this was, uh, the, this was the Dave Clymer kind of they were, I think they had it there for two years Do you remember Dave Clymer's backflip yes Clymer? yes it was that, I think that was my, might have been the biggest one mm-hmm. he overshot that by a long way and then just just smashed his bike up, right? He couldn't ride anymore. Mm-hmm. I felt kind of guilty that I'd sent him, given him a bad kind of, you know. Right, yeah. The following day, he's got his bike back on, back on track. And he's doing, um, you know, so what, we've gone down on Sunday morning, we've heard rumours of Targe is down, because Saturday was dirt, Sunday was vert. Uh-huh. So Sunday, he, you know, everyone's hung over from the crib, and now everyone's, everyone's gravitating towards the vert, which yeah. was just out of town. But Taj is down at Bexhill about to do the chasm because he couldn't do it the day before because he mashed his bike up. Right. And he's pulling... So I've gone down there. Unless I, unless I dreamt it, he's pulling... Well, trying to pull a tail whip over the chasm. Wow. And there's just like a dog walker. There's no cameras. Right, yeah, I think yeah. Stu's there or someone. It's like right. three people and a dog. And this dude's like... He needs to do it, yeah. You know what I mean? He's just mm. and, I, and there's a lot of... There's loads of little stories with backyard jams where, mm-hmm. you know, there's... Um, you know, just stuff behind the scenes and that. I remember staying at your your house one year. Like there's a photo, I think, of everybody yeah. out front, and you know, got obviously got a hit on your mom and dad. You know, how involved they were in in, in BMX. Yeah. Your dad, great announcer at the races yeah, and he's stuff. The yeah. How many years did he do it for? I mean, nationals for a many lot. years, didn't he? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, a lot. I, I couldn't tell you, Dale. Mm. Maybe I, I don't want to guess either. But he put a lot of effort into that. He yeah. used to love that. Yeah, and then. I guess that's probably, and my dad was a massive influence. Mm-hmm. I don't think he probably understands much of an influence he was, but I guess that's probably why I'm doing the jump club stuff and mm-hmm. still involved because that's what he did when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, he told me, I had no idea. He used to drive me to a national and then work, you know, we used to go to, because Bexhill was middle of, Bexhill was the bottom of the country. Yeah, Bexhill was the south as you guys. can go. Yeah. So everywhere's a mission to get to. Yeah. And he would drive back from wherever, you know, Wigan or Birmingham or wherever. Get, get us home at whatever, whatever o'clock, you know, midnight, whatever. And then he'd work a night shift. Wow. So he, he put the hours in. But I remember him um, 
and other parents, you know, organising the, the track and the committee. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another weird thing where with the backyard jams, you had all the um, club like committee people mm-hmm. were you know walking around taking two quid for the wristbands here and there. So it's mm-hmm. a real merge of race race club people and well seventies you know Stu. Yeah, and he was a family friend at the time as well. So we would give the track over. It was a operating racetrack track at the time yeah so the year that fuzzy came over we raced i think we raced a race the week before or after the backyard jam on that track so if you i remember think seeing about, pictures i think jamie staff on titan yeah right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 if you think about how weird that is that you mm-hmm. would hold a you know one of the most iconic i don't think i'm selling it um i think i'm being honest here like one of the most iconic you know bmx events of the 90s mm-hmm. really all these huge every Every BMX kind of hero that I ever had was there yeah. at my track, at, at our track. And, um, um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just special days, do you know what I mean? Mm. I thought I was going to go with that now, but, um, yeah. No, it was amazing, rad, rad yeah. times, though, yeah. really and rad times. Great still to see it, you know, yeah. when you see the clips and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I touched on before, you've had numerous covers, success in King of Dirt, racing, What what's... The big thing for you, you know, what you feel the best about, you know. Uh, you know it's, funny, it's funny. And it's all cool stuff. Yeah, it's funny yeah. though, because I sit here, you know, amongst <laughs> amongst um, next to Dale Holmes, and you know, so you know, it, I'd never thought uh, uh, any of those achievements were like. Oh, I was pre- I was kind of proud, but um, yeah. I was never kind of a pro world champ, Dale Holmes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I look but, um, at things different now. Like, I wish I'd have done, I'd have paid more attention to be maybe more media, or I wish I would right. focus more on being a better bike, at, right. on my bike, jumping image yeah, maybe yeah. could have been better. So yeah. I look now as I'm not yeah. so engaged in trying to be fast and stuff. I like to try and look at the other stuff now and stuff where I, you know, just for fun, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I pay attention to other yeah. freestyle skateboarding a little bit. Now I enjoy watching and listening to all that stuff. And now I look at really how the stuff yeah. you did really was, you know, stands yeah, out and very it was just, it respectable, just felt you know. Very natural and stuff. And, yeah. Um, the bit that I, the bit that I would have done a bit differently is just maybe we would we would travel this way and we would just go to a field and race all weekend with yeah. all these awesome friends and stuff. But I probably would have um, just spent more, you know, uh, um, you know, spent more time at these places. I would have liked to have hit, gone to a national mm-hmm. and spent like three or four days there rather than two yeah. just to really check out the local scene and, and yes. get to know, you know, so I'd see like, you know, the, um, I don't know, what's an example here? You know, like these Scottish boys, you mentioned they came down to the Backyard Jam and that. Mm. It went too quick. So I kind of wish I'd made the effort to kind of travel even more really and just spend more time with yeah. these really cool people that mm-hmm. racing goes too quick it's like practice Saturday racing Sunday it is, home. It? Yeah. so I'd slow it down I've tried to do that with, with, with Ike now if we're going to go to Scotland it'll be a four day trip and we'll try and Stuff get off. more in yeah that's my only kind of that's why mm. I would do it maybe differently and then Matt Watts I was proud of I don't know really just um, just uh, not one thing just like the whole thing you what's know? your favourite cover? I only got two <laughs> Still good, still but, uh, good. The first one, which was um, which was in Sidley Woods, which is where I was at last night. Right. So a little shout out to the Sidley Woods crew and the Vauxhall Trails crew. And Ricky Rat still yeah. the man yeah, there. Yeah, was through him last night. Yeah. With Chico and uh, Ian Morris was up there, mm-hmm. and uh, Chris and Dale, a couple of our friends. So, so last night, so my my boys riding with you mm-hmm. know, Ian Morris and Ricky Rat, and you know, 
And I think that's another nice thing that um, that you can get very intense as a race dad, but when you see your kid at the trails, not just riding, but digging, taking time out and just building a scene. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. in terms of trail riding, building the scene and building the jumps is as, as important as, you know, having a good session on them. And it's, you know, it's really nice to, to get a time out from just from this hardcore kind of chasing rankings and, and all that kind of stuff and just get into that trail mode. I think it's really... So in terms of like specialising from a young age in BMX, the way I get, way we kind of push it a little bit is if you get kids riding skate park and trails and that, it just takes the, the edge off that intensity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had a bio in Go, I did right? Bio in, go, yeah. Whether it was, was it Go or it was still BMX Action? But anyway, either the go, same magazine. Go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not many, I think <laughs> Grotbags had one. Yeah. Only a few people had that, you know? Yeah, I remember so, that. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go Magazine. Yeah, you have some good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. Um, I'll tell you what, though. My fate, like that, I had a turn down at Sidley Woods. That was 89, something like that. It was a good article. Um, uh, and we'll, that kind of put, helped place on the, on the map a little bit. My favorite, just for the record, my favorite covers, there's like, like a heap of like 80s racing stuff, but there was a cover on Dig, issue three on Dig, some dude Jason someone I can't think of his surname from Posh it's a green cover and there's um, a couple of issues later there was a Brian Foster white and blue no footstep through cover right those two stick out as like yeah yeah like the covers for I don't know what year that even was I can't even guess what right. year that was but so why you was doing all this stuff you was working was you in college studying what was did, um, uh... sports science degree mm-hmm uh, early 90s so I went to Australia for a few months in 89 and that oh, cover you did. was that with Jason Berry? no he went out the year before right and then he came out with a guy called Peter Reed. yeah and, okay uh, yeah, I remember he was always from the Aussie remember? dudes that came out yeah yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually thought I need to go abroad yeah. and ride met Pete over here got on like a house on fire good friends with, with Jason Berry yeah. of course um and then I flew out, went to Australia, and there's Daniel Sprague out there, yeah. friends of him, and Thomas Foreman, there's all that crew. Yeah. And I was gonna kind of travel to East, but Perth, weirdly, the guy upstairs today um, used to race at Wanneroo BMX track, which is wow. where I stayed in Perth. Small and his world. mum helped build a track. This is one of Tom Lynch's employees. Yeah. Anyway, he went to Perth for six months. That, that cover came out when I was in Perth, actually, so I didn't get to see it for a bit. Right. But um, yeah, um, yeah. What was what's going with this? Yeah, Perth was cool, really cool place in Perth. I just remember everyone being um, not crazy skillful, but crazy big. Yeah, like yeah, gym, like gym big. I mean, and I was like, good okay, big. I need to change my game a little bit to survive out here. So, but then them guys came and lived in in England and had a lot of success. A lot of success. Yeah. Thomas Foreman was really, you oh, know, kind of was he? Yeah, yeah, really rattled uh, yeah. Andy Please, I think, who was a dominator at the time, and them two guys mm. went to. To battle for a few years, and I think Thomas mm. then went to ride for GT as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was on GT. Getting... I think when we were on GT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it was, and I seem to remember it's great, great rider, big gear, strong guy, mm. you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I say just you saying that you went to Australia, but hardly anybody would have known about that. There was no social media, and no, just, no social just, media. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, in the magazines, there was only so much. We yeah. were getting, you know, from probably, luckily, Mark Noble was the only guy that was really covering yeah. race, racing at the time. Yeah. You know, otherwise. I'll, yeah, I wanted to yeah. kind of yeah. kind of shout out really to, yeah. to Mark and to Steve Barden. Yes, you know, absolutely. And Will at Dig, because 
uh, and Mark Richards. Mark Richards for the Hastings, the Hastings scene kind of grew around, you know, some really cool people. And I think Mark, we were lucky to have, do you know Mark Richards? You, I don't, no. Okay, so Mark did no. all the kind of, all the, um, you know, the videos of the backyards, all the early backyard stuff. And before, years before as well, when we yeah. were kind of, you know, kind of more, a bit more underground. So I think the fact it was all documented was, was brilliant. Um, so in terms of magazine coverage, you know, you know, that was, that was. Yeah, let's like take, say Steve Bardens and, and, yeah. and Mark. Yeah, I think uh, it's about time Bardens got them archives yeah. out there. I know there's a lot of hidden stuff we need to yeah. see, you know. So, see, that, yeah. I remember, I do remember a feeling in the late 80s where I wasn't getting any coverage and I was like, it makes you ride even, you know, like, yeah. I thought, you know, being it's your life, isn't it? So like, it was one of our mission was to get into like magazines and we're as good as these guys, why aren't we in magazines? Mm -hmm. And then you get the coverage um, and then I always felt kind of outstayed my welcome for about a year. Do you know what I mean? Where there was other guys coming up. Mm -hmm. um, there was one, there was one time where I hadn't ridden for years and shows you what Hastings is kind of like. I hadn't ridden a bike for years. I couldn't tell you what year it was. Um, Rich Moore phones me up and says, we need a, someone's ill or something we need someone to test test a, I don't know what it was test a bike it was KHE right test a, a bike tester so like <laughs> I'm like well okay <laughs> so suddenly you're you're riding a test bike again you know so Hastings has that thing where you can't get out once you're in BMX mm -hmm. you can't really get out of it which is a great thing but yeah you know opportunities in Hastings are just kind of everywhere you know? yeah yeah you did quite you say you did quite a lot of tests for the magazines and stuff yeah didn't did you, a few you know? tests yeah and I think it was um you know, if we kind of, I guess that's full circle because a lot of influences would have come from those, particularly, you know, American test riders. You know, back in the day. When did uh, so? Obviously, we're moving into the two thousands. Uh, so your son was born mid two thousands. Yeah, two thousand seven. And so you were still riding. Was you already? So I got married down? the following year, uh -huh. and um, Zoe buys me an S and M. Right. So she's chatting to Ian. Oh wow, what a good present! Well, oh, great present, <laughs> right? And it was cool because a couple of years ago I lent it to um, uh, a fourteen-year-old racer of ours. So he was racing around the, the wedding present. So I like it when a bike's got like history, and I find it really hard to sell old bikes. Mm -hmm. I used to sell all my old bikes back in the day, but yeah. to get the next one, you know. But now I'm like. That means so much to me, that bike. I don't want to say, right. but um, yeah. So he was born in two thousand seven, and then two thousand nine, um, the track Ricky is digging at the track. The Bexall track was like one man. It was all there, but it was the grass of weeds had kind of grown over. Yeah. It was a single track, mm -hmm. but the track was still there, just grown over. He kept it alive. And in two thousand and nine ish, um, Rich and I got involved and um, helped Ricky out, and we got a new track. So Hoodoo built some new track in 2009 at Bexhill. So it went quiet for a few years before that. Yeah. 2009, revived the track. Rich and I said, we'll, get the, we'll help get the track back together again. I think we were like joint chairmen. And then we were going to hand it over to the next committee, which mm -hmm. is what we did. They held a regional 2009 or 10, a South regional. And then um, I think after that, the committee kind of split and folded and folded and went a bit pear-shaped. And... And then fast forward to Ike's now, I don't know, like six or something. You know, I've started taking him down to the track. Um, started getting, BMX is more fun with you your friends. So got his friends involved. That became like a formal coaching session. Mm -hmm. And then sort of jump club kind of, we call it jump club. And then that kind of 
just fostered more regular sessions. I think we've been doing pretty much regular Saturday morning sessions at Bexhill, apart from when there's a national one or it's tipping it down, whatever, since 2014. Well, that's great. So, yeah, and we do an annual... Um, uh, rookie awards which we do one of my favorite ones of that actually is um during covid last year we couldn't meet we use a source park for the annual awards the source park gives us the park for free me and we have a annual awards but last year because of covid we couldn't do it there's a really nice edit online which um ian helped me out with was his just people like clint reynolds and ra levinson who's a young snm writer in the states and um daryl now and rooftop um might miss some of that. Mark Moore has a funniest slot in it. And it's a little edit where the kids will get kind of the, these big American superstars. Right. You know, hand out awards to our local kids. That, yeah, it's it's quite cool. I, what I do like about Jump Club is that the kids have no idea who Rooftop is or, do you know what I mean? Or, right. <laughs> or, um, you know, these kind of, or we give away, I've given away um, like old Haro plates and Jive plates to kids, mm-hmm. like, like Rookie of the Year, Ride of the Year to yeah. this, like nine-year-old kid gets given a jive plate from the eighties. Yeah, they've got no idea what they're getting. Right, they probably end up in the bin. But I just I kind of like I that idea not. of mm. of um, jump club is kind of like it's a bit bit out there in terms of it's, you know there's a lot of kids of our kids that don't really know what we're don't get what we're doing. Right, you know, but it's just a bit of a giggle. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and tell us a little about your day job. Like say you not not just jump club is what you do. You have a whole full time job on yeah. top of that. So yeah, yeah. So I work for Hastings Council as their leisure um, manager. So you know I work with all the sports development team and um, all the kind of leisure contracts and stuff, sports centres. But the bit that's kind of has. Um, a bit of synergy with the with this sort of conversation is is we do a lot of kind of community outreach stuff like like uh, like community football that sort of stuff not just football we get a lot of public health funding in to um you know to um get people moving more more physically active sort of funded through public health i think you tap into some of this sort of funding too right to obesity kind of a, a lot of our work at work is basically getting People that are low active or inactive yes. doing something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So in yeah. the when I first started the council, it was much more sport development. Was much more about okay, let's get more kids playing tennis mm-hmm. and get them up the player sort of pathway. Now it's more about how can sport have a broader impact? How can it address health inequalities and how can it curb antisocial behaviour and how can it, um, you know, like look, look at the Source Park in Hastings and four down seventies. How can it? How can it? Um, support the kind of economic um you know growth of 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 a town jobs and stuff do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. is an industry in hastings so um you know so that i find that that part of my job i find my job really exciting and i see lots of synergy with the bmx industry so that that's why for example i think i probably naturally question things like the drop-off in bmx why aren't we discussing this and why aren't we why do we just assume it is going to happen? Why don't we try and do something about? Why don't we try and address that? You know, mm-hmm. I think um, in terms of funding tracks and pump tracks and stuff, people are already linked into this. Look at CK, you know, in in Peckham, people are already linking into this kind of like this is more than just sport. The impact is much wider than sport. So, um, which is probably a, a, another way you're going to grow pump tracks and BMX tracks is 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 maybe not the argument that we want the next Kai White, although. We, we do it's more about the argument you know if we put this pump track in in that location where there's not much going on and there's a bit of deprivation and the, the health you know indices are 
you know, rock bottom, people, you know, people need to get up and move to benefit you know, the, themselves. Um, that's where you get kind of funding for these, lots of these kind of facilities. The, um, the other thing we need to look out for with BMX, I think, is, is kind of balancing that with, and all this money coming in, you know, with these coaching development programs and stuff, is balancing that with like the, the soul of BMX. So not to lose BMX into the next kind of sterile, you know, badminton, tennis, soccer. We don't, we haven't, that didn't draw us in, Dale. We didn't, no. we, we, I mean, I played a little bit of football now, but we never, we've gone to BMX because it's just fucking rad. Yes, you know I mean? yes. I think we need to make sure that BC um, understand that BMX racing mm-hmm. isn't just about being the fastest. Yeah, I mean, no. it is for the, Olymp- the Olympic guys, right? But for you and me, I mean, my favourite riders include people like, I mean, genuinely yourself and Dylan, but aside from that, you know, people like, you know, Jimmy Levan and Dave Clymer. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear about the greatest of all time, I'm thinking Dave Clymer. I'm not yeah, thinking yeah. Olympic agree. medals, yeah. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, yeah, so it's, it, it, I, I think with, with We don't lose BC, the soul of BMX, yeah, you and, know, and that's, they're, they're, they're the scary ones yeah. that maybe they don't care about it, which yeah. is unfortunate if they, if they really, that is the way they're going, you know? Yeah. And I think it is up to... You, me, I don't know, everybody to, to kind of, hey, there's this, this a little yeah. little history to this, you know? Yeah, Moz makes me, make Moz a laugh because he keeps saying this back to me. Um, but we have this little saying that um, uh, fast is fine, but radness is everything. Yeah. For me, that kind of encapsulates that Tony Pittman thing you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, where the dude in fifth who's out of focus on that camera mm-hmm. and that photo, like, who's that rad guy at the back there? Because he's. He's often winning, by the way, but because that guy's like you know got style and, and yes. stuff, and I think with the guy, the the you know the all those images that we have of Mike King powling out of berms and mm-hmm. all the kind of iconic you know Tim Judge with his one foot tables and so all these iconic things, that you know these images and stuff, Oakley goggles and half masks don't make you faster, but they're fucking rad. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. I think I don't think that. BC who do some great stuff get that part of our sport no not at all and I don't think a lot of the modern day racers get a lot of that no no well they're they're not they're like what you just said they're told go fast training schedules you know they're not even and the parents coming in you see at the source park you see at jump club you see all over the Mm -hmm. country parents coming in and they're really cool parents and they go you don't know anything about BMX you Mm -hmm. must get this all the time Mm -hmm. you know nothing about BMX or racetracks or skate parks can you here's our here's my child can you please you know, so it it then becomes our duty, I think, to to um, not just coach techniques and stuff, but kind of look after, you know, introducing the BMX lifestyle. Yes, and yes, the, the culture. You know, yeah, and not to lose BMX. I think I started this whole rant about we it's we don't want we don't we mustn't let you know UCI and the governing bodies and all these all these things kind of like neutralize or mm-hmm. or lump us up with all these other sports when no. we've got this beautiful culture um, what's scary and is what i get a little bit whiffed about sometimes is when you see people and i'm not saying any names but people from our era that are in some of these positions now in national teams and uci and stuff that come from our culture that was part of doing you know what yeah. you just talked about what you did you know but now these guys are got a different spiel because it's their job you know that's kind of frustrating i think sometimes because i'm thinking hang on dude i I remember you you was yeah. you was right there in the mix of stuff having fun and drinking beers yeah. and 
and you know this and that but now you're kind of portraying that this yeah. is a different path everybody needs to go you know so sometimes i get a bit where i have to do that just zip it you know instead of being the grumpy old guy but i think that's where you need being, to check in with people like yeah. um you know I, that's why i hang out with the, the source boys and mm-hmm. and you morris because you, they they keep you in check yeah you know? yes <laughs> there's been a few times where they've said to me yeah i, I think i don't do that right right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. You think, yeah what am i doing right yeah, so yeah i think um we all kind of mm-hmm. stray of the of the of our mission. Yes. By mistake sometimes. So yeah, get having good people around you helps, doesn't it? And yeah, think, no, absolutely. Not taking yourself too seriously mm-hmm. helps. I think what we don't do well as a sport is listen to our listen to the kids. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know, this this new generation of BMX is now very much like that's a BMX track. You know, I've heard things like you know. Well, that's not a proper jump. You can't. You should be able to manual jump as fast as you can jump it, and all these kind of weird things that people kind of conjure up. And and the the truth of it is, is that, you know, truth of it is, this is BMX now. But look at it ten years ago and mm. teams before that in the eighties and nineties or two. It's always changing. Yeah. You know, I remember there was controversy when someone put one of the worlds the berm was was all bricks. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, and all these developments. We need to keep developing mm-hmm. the, the sport, and the only way to do that, you know, for me is is to get the riders who got something to say mm-hmm. and say, right, here's your platform, you know, go for it. Yeah. In terms of track designs, in terms of events, you know, the event format for the day, you know, we it'd be great at Bexhill. One of our plans is to kind of just say, really get the kids involved and get some freestyle guys involved, you know, and say, as an outsider, how would you run this uh, this event? Because a lot of the great minds from racing, the guys that we sort of resonate with, you know, your Ronnie Bonnie we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and Chris Molers, and um, you know, they've all kind of they've all kind of moved across to to freestyle. We've lost those kind yes. of creative minds from racing. Yes. Who actually we need more than ever. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it's our job was also about saying to these kids that you love this sport, mm-hmm. but it doesn't need to look like this, and you need to take it to the next level. Yeah, you know. like what Neil Wood wrote on his T-shirt, the 2001 Worlds, listen to the riders. Wrote exactly. it in yeah, exactly. T-shirt. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? Yeah. I know it sounds, a lot of what I'm saying isn't rocket, lot of, you know, what I'm saying isn't um, nothing new, there's no, it's not rocket science, it's a bit kind of, yeah. you know, obvious, but it kind of feels to me that we take ourselves way too seriously with, mm-hmm. with racing. And I do, I have to double check myself all the time and luckily Zoe pulls me up because mm-hmm. I get into race dad mode. But we really need to make it more fun and just, it's just fuck. It's just BMX racing. Yeah, just make it more. I fun. think you can see the guys at longevity and the guys that have been around a long time. Is the guys, you know, I felt like I was serious, but I always kept that fun aspect as well. And I think yeah. you can balance both. And I think yeah. successful people, um, in, in BMX can do that. You know, and yeah. even some of the guys, uh, some of the, the fastest guys today, Silve and Andre. You know, mm. you can see how he, he's lighthearted. He's having fun. Yeah. Uh, but he's a dead serious rider that could, you know. You know, yeah. threaten for a win every single weekend. You know, so yeah. there is some of them guys still there, but I think uh, the yeah. guys that probably stick around a bit longer and get a bit more longevity. You know, yeah. I mean, like like I say, a lot yeah. of everyone I meet in racing is is super cool. Skate park mm-hmm. super cool. You know, I just think we need to with the current day generation of race mums and dads and kids. Mm-hmm. We just need to say, yeah, this is BMX now, mm-hmm. but it, the world's your oyster. You know, you got. Uh, yeah, what do you want to do with this sport? You know. Yeah, absolutely, Keith. This is great talking. I think we are going to have to do another part because I think inspirational. Listen to you, <laughs> what you say, and I think you bring so much perspective to it. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this this one up for now. If somebody wants to get hold of you, follow you, you know, obviously Jump Club on Instagram. 
Yeah, Jump Club, all that, the, the noisy gazebo at the tracks, that's, that's us. But yeah, Jump yeah. Club, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. We're always up for a collab. Right. Like, exciting collab, so yeah, get in touch. Absolutely. And last last of all, you guys are revamping the track, right? Down there? Yeah, we've got Kai Forte coming in yeah. in like three weeks' time to okay. start a um, new racetrack, six-man track, mm-hmm. um, a new jump park, and then we've got some friends building a skate park next to us, all in the same old backyard jam, same track same as that. Area. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. Keith, great talking and we're going to do it again for sure. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.